but welcome welcome to scrubs unzipped this is Marie, your host and today i have a very special guest her name is sheena sheena can you tell me a little bit about your background and what you're here to talk about today with us absolutely well thank you so much for having me on um, we are here to talk about AI and healthcare. My background, I'm a registered nurse. Um, I have over 20 years in healthcare, but over 10 of those years, I've been a registered nurse, worked in oncology, hospice, rehab, um, and most recently entered into the nonprofit sector, um, but now I'm also working as an AI consultant. Wow, that is so interesting. So, um what sparked your interest in integrating AI with healthcare? Well, just like I said, going back to my background, I had a lot of opportunities to integrate technology in healthcare. I'm working with different EMRs, um, medication pump installations, even working with companies like Stryker to test and pilot new items. Um, but what really got me into AI was just witnessing the impact that it had with cancer treatments. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Hadia Nicole Green. Mm-mm. Okay, well, um, she's a black medical physicist who was the first person to successfully cure cancer using laser guided nanoparticles. Now, oh, yeah. I lost my sister to cancer about 10 years ago. And usually mm-hmm. with cancer, we often say that the treatment is worse than the disease. But mm-hmm. combining AI with these targeted treatments can help minimize those deleterious effects that chemo and radiation have given us another chance at life. Wow, because I have um, people in my family who have been diagnosed with cancer. So how how can AI help with cancer? Does it um, does it treat does it treat cancer? Does it give you a precise roadmap onto onto how to treat it early? Well, as as we all know, with early detection and precision treatment, that's paramount with cancer care. But the way that AI is able to help is just it's able to analyze a lot more data and identify those subtle patterns that humans normally miss, which leads to earlier cancer diagnosis, more tailored treatment plans and ultimately improved survival rates. Wow. So are you working directly with this uh, physicist? Are you working directly with her? No, I, I wish I was, but honestly, that's what oh. really got me hooked. Just happened to be watching, um, mm-hmm. I think, YouTube and was looking at some cancer care things. And um, an interview with her came on and it showed how she was able to treat a cancer patient without damaging any other cells in that person's body, only targeting that cancer tumor. And that, to me, just blew my mind. Wow, that is so amazing. So you also said that you have experience in you also have experience in hospice. Is that correct? Yes. So correct. how can you apply AI to hospice care as well? Well, AI is already being applied to hospice care. Um, As clinicians document, patients are kind of triaged in the background, so to speak, and visits are automatically increased when a patient seems to be declining, especially at end of life. 
Um, some of the organizations that I work with have over a 90% visit rate in the last seven days of life, which is crucial for addressing discomfort proactively. And that ensures that patients receive that appropriate care and support that they need during their final days. Yeah, because as a respiratory therapist, uh, I work um, with end-of-life patients as well. And sometimes the family is confused. Like, everyone is, like, running around with their, chicken, their head cut off like chicken. And it's just we need to be we need to advocate for the patient in those moments so that they leave with dignity and leave with pride. So that is so interesting as well. And you also work in acute care. So how can that um, combine with AI as well? Well, in acute care settings, AI is transforming patient care um, through things like predictive analytics, like early warning systems for sepsis, um, optimizing resource allocation. Think of, you know, dreaded waiting for the meds from pharmacy to come up or supply room. Things aren't stocked adequately um, and also improving workflow efficiencies. So we get to see a reduction in medical errors, quicker response times, overall um, better patient care outcomes with the introduction of AI. Wow, you're answering questions so fast and so succinct. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love it. So there are often ethical concerns raised when discussing AI in healthcare, especially when it comes to patient data and decision making. How do you navigate these concerns in your consultancy work? Well, just like you said, ethical considerations are paramount in AI-driven healthcare. Um, we navigate these concerns by adhering to strict privacy protocols, um, ensuring transparent data usage, and fostering open dialogues with patients about how AI influences their care. Um, honestly, trust and transparency is key if we want people to adopt this technology and use it in our everyday lives. Hmm. And I also thought about, so how is AI incorporating diversity in their models? Because I know that the data points are mostly of the, mostly, um, I'm trying to be, it's mostly Caucasian, I'll say, Caucasian men are used as the examples. So how can they include or how are you bringing up that conversation of diversity when using AI software or AI? Honestly, I think it starts with just me showing up because honestly, mm -hmm. when you hear AI, you hear tech, you don't expect to see a lot of Black females. But I think leaning into the discomfort of new technology and being at the table is what's going to give us a voice. Um, just like you said, we have a lot of people that don't necessarily look like us that are feeding these large language models a lot of information, and we want to make sure that that information isn't biased. We're already trying to correct a healthcare system that has biased. Mm -hmm. um, that are preventing um, 
equitable patient care from being distributed amongst all American citizens and honestly all over the world. So, um, but I definitely think that AI will be paramount in bringing everyone together. Um, first, hopefully with universal language so we can all communicate with one another. And then from there, I think healthcare will just take off as well. Well, that I'm glad that you are here representing on this platform for other um for other nurses and as well as for the youth as well because it's um it's it feels like it's a a high society club like you have to be cool to join the club but you're saying that you actually got access so uh who is like your mentor I know you mentioned the physicist but do you have any mentors that have helped guide your career in can you tell me more about that? Um, I do. Um, her name is Anjanetta Cossie. Um, she is in the tech, big in the tech sector, and she's also an AI consultant. Um, I work closely with her, probably about thirty hours a month, um, just kind of training and and actually going for, like actively working on my certification as an AI consultant. So we'll have that done in the next month. <laughs> oh wow! So there's actually a certification for nurse AI consultant. Well, not for nurses, but for AI consultants. But of course, but we know that AI has its implications in healthcare. It has its implications with social media. It has its implications with just about any business you can imagine, especially helping people scale. So that's where the whole consultancy goes. Because of course, healthcare is my is my passion. But my passion is honestly helping people. Period. Wow, that is so interesting because I didn't even know that an AI consultant existed. Like you're teaching me so much. <laughs> so is there any um, tools or resources that you recommend for people who are interested in this career? I would say, well, definitely everybody's talking about um, chat GPT. I say mm-hmm. Get yourself an account, lean in, start work, start learning about prompting because that's going to be the big thing. Um, honestly, I believe in a few years, programmers might be a thing of the past just because mm. we have things like ChatGPT that can code for us. We have things that create music, art, movies, all types of things. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like in the next five to 10 years, where do you see AI in healthcare? Because I know you mentioned um, the cancer treatments and all of that. So, like, if you could look at your crystal ball, <laughs> what do you, where do you see AI in healthcare in five to ten years? In the next five to ten years, I envision AI and healthcare expanding its role for more like AI-driven diagnostics, personalized treatment plans, and honestly, telehealth advancements. We have so many people who can't physically get to the doctor that could still interact with someone if we had some sort of secure medium that allowed for the the sharing of information and AI to go ahead and pull things together um, for predictive analysis and things like that. Um, but I also think that AI will play a crucial part in global healthcare initiatives, just making quality care more accessible, period. Wow, that is amazing. 
So how has your passion for AI affected your personal view of nursing and patient care? Has it changed how you approach your profession? I would say that my passion for AI has kind of deepened my appreciation for nursing. Um, It's reinforced the importance of continuous learning and adapting to new technologies um, to provide the best care possible. I remember going from counting the drips when we were doing IVs, and now we have pumps with a library that can tell you when you're putting in the wrong rate. So seeing those things, I just feel like, honestly, we just all need to understand technology's potential, and we just need to understand its potential and its limitations if we're going to harness its value in patient care. We need to join the conversation if we want to prevent or limit that bias from reentering the system. Yeah. And I know you said about um, a um, with computer programmers that they might have to find, like, their uh, use of their skills. Like, do you think AI could replace a healthcare worker? Never. There, there are so many things that healthcare workers do. I feel like AI could definitely supplement our jobs, making um, progress notes easier to create. Um, just like I said, the early warning systems, specific targeting systems, patient-specific um, care plans, things of that nature. But as far as the caring aspect, I don't think that AI is going to change the core principles of nursing or, or respiratory therapy. I think it's just going to enrich our toolkit. Yeah, I think so, too, because there's some things that AI can't do because I use chat GPT um, frequently. And then there's sometimes you just need to like tweak it. But do you think our trust in AI will make us lose our critical thinking skills? I don't think our trust in AI will make us lose our critical thinking skills. I, I hope I hope we don't have nurses that are running back to chat GPT and, and giving symptoms and asking it to diagnose when we have the physician right there. Um, but I, w- I would really hope not. Um, but I think that it's more important that we are there to make sure that it is used ethically and safely. If, and, and that we have a hand in the information that goes in. Remember at one time we were thought to have no no nerve endings or not to feel pain like other people, but we know that mm-hmm. to not be true. But let that be fed into an uh, artificial intelligence model and how, and how might the care differ? So mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to be there when that information is put in, be there for those conversations, not just to say what we feel like is wrong or what shouldn't happen, but see that this is coming no matter what. Lean into that discomfort and be at the table so that we can have a say in what goes in as well. Yeah, that is definitely a great point. And I also thought of a question. Um, how? What advice would you give a healthcare organization who wants to implement AI in their in their practices, like what are the steps to start from the beginning, like considering like the cost and the experience and the ethics, like what what would a healthcare facility need to um, to bring AI to patient care? Well, I think they're already doing that. Um, but I would say 
the best way for healthcare professionals, I would say that are curious about AI that want to get involved in AI is staying informed through reputable sources, um, reaching out to AI consultants. I, I understand it's, it, it seems like it's a, since it's such a new topic, a new field that we don't think that there are people out here. But my thing is, as soon as chat GPT and, and a lot of these um, large language models came out, a lot of people dove right on in and became experts at them. And honestly, businesses that don't incorporate AI into their business are going to get left behind by those who do. I'll, I'll leave that at that, but um, <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> but collaboration with AI specialists to me is going to be the best way. People who understand prompt engineering and who can get you the results that you're looking for, people who can help you scale. So understanding that technology's potential, um, I think is 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 crucial. So getting yourself an AI specialist who can show you and and help strategize with you what you need to do to incorporate AI to help your bottom line and help you save time and energy. Yeah, because most people don't think about saving time and being more efficient when you are using um, technology because, like, we're only human. And sometimes we need that extra hand because I know that um, there are some hospitals that try out the robot. Uh, mm -hmm. the, they have, like, pharmacy robot that goes in the elevator and it brings you your medications yeah. and stuff like that so like we're we're trying to evolve slowly but surely but i think the fear is when someone's life is in your hands and you need to have these checks and balances to make sure nothing falls to the cracks and the ai doesn't kill a patient <laughs> Absolutely. But that's why we have things, because just like you said, we're human as well and we can make mistakes. And that's why we have things True. like overrides and things like that for, or high alert meds when you go to the Pixis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So you're right. There are a lot of things that need to be done to make the patient care experience um, more I wouldn't say enjoyable, but more efficient and more effective. And I'm more interested in well care, like wellness care. Like don't wait till I'm sick to treat me care, but help me right. along the way. So that's Absolutely. what I believe in. And I want to add a, a little fun spin while we conclude this episode so okay. if you could have a personal AI assistant to handle not one non-work related task for you every day, what would it be and why? If I could have a personal assistant for just one non-work related task, it would be daily meal planning and cooking. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah, it would free me up time to unwind and spend quality moments with my family with something that you know is often challenging with us busy in healthcare. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would I would pick the same because it's difficult when you're trying to figure out what to eat and then you just ate the same thing last week and you just don't want to eat that. Exactly. you just don't want to eat that. So I can't wait till like the future when uh, we can have our AI assistance and.
even though we have Alexa and Google and stuff, but they're kind of limited right now, but they're getting there. They're getting there. So is there anything, Sheena, you want to leave with the audience as we conclude this wonderful episode? Um, once again, like I said, just lean into technology. I know we we all think about Skynet and doom and gloom and the day that AI becomes self-aware. But like I said, I feel like if we're all responsible and come together to make sure that it's used responsibly and ethically, my thing is the people in Congress, our, our 60, 70, 80-year-old congressmen are not going to learn how to use ChatGPT. And therefore, they shouldn't be the ones making these decisions about these things. The people that are using it, the people that it's impacting, we should be the ones that are actively coming and telling our Congress people, listen, this is how this should be used or this is how this should not be used um, so that we don't get to Skynet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So how can people get in contact with you for your con your AI consultancy and um, how can they reach out to you? Okay. Well, I can be reached at info, I-N-F-O, at strategysage.com. So strategy and sage is S-A-I-G-E. So a okay. little, little, little play on words there, but okay. yeah, strategy sage. Okay, well, that is so amazing. Thank you so much, Sheena, for joining me on Scrubs Unzipped, where we unzip the stories behind the scrubs. If you would like to subscribe, please subscribe and share this wonderful episode about AI, artificial intelligence, and uh, come back for the next episode. Thank you. Take care.